Folks, it's that time of year where we're starting to get some MLB pipeline news. And Paul Skeens and Anthony Solomedo are ranked very highly among the MLB pipeline for pitchers. We're going to talk about that as well as some players that could see massive improvements this year and players who could take a step back on the Locked On Pirates podcast. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful show here on the Locked On Podcast Network where I'm bringing you all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything going on in the world of the Pittsburgh Pirates as it happens. Again, thank you for always tuning into this show, as you always do on all of your podcast platforms, because ultimately this podcast is free on all of your podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, follow on Spotify, turn that notification bell on so you always know when Lockdown Pirates is coming your way. And on today's episode... Again, the offseason has been pretty slow as of late, not really a lot happening. We're seeing a lot of rumors. There's still a lot of free agents left. Things are playing out. The MLB teams, I think, are kind of all getting their final chess pieces in order to really figure some things out. Now, obviously, a lot of these rumors won't amount to anything. A lot of these um, potential hot stove things won't amount to anything. So on today's show, we're going to talk speculation a little bit, but speculation within the roster. And then we're also going to talk about now the Pittsburgh Pirates and their loaded farm system that over the next two seasons, folks, you're going to see a lot of these players come up and really, I think, make an impact on this roster and potentially push this team to an NL Central title or even the playoffs as a wild card. These are real things that could happen in the next two seasons, folks, maybe even this year. Fingers crossed on that one, though. But MLB Pipeline has kind of started their 2024 rankings, and MLB Pipeline is usually my pick for looking at prospect rankings. I know a lot of people like to look at fan graphs. Some people like to look at Baseball America or Baseball Prospectus. Use whatever one you want. But with the two players that we're going to highlight today so far through the prospect rankings that have been coming out, we're going to talk about Paul Skeens and Anthony Solomedo. I'm going to tell you whatever prospect ranking you're using, both of those guys are likely in the top 100. Just going to be honest. I believe they were both in the top 100 in Baseball America and obviously in the top 100 in MLB Pipeline. But right now, MLB Pipeline has not released their top 100 as of yet. When that happens, we'll obviously talk about that in the future. You can probably guess that a guy like Termar Johnson will probably be on that list, Paul Skeens and Anthony Solomedo. And then maybe a surprise in there that we get every once in a while, like Quinn Priester last year may be on that list as well. But right now, starting with Paul Skeens, he ranks as the number one right-handed pitching prospect in all of baseball. Not much of a shock considering that people were calling him a generational talent. And also, I'm kind of rocking the Paul Skeens look as of late with the mustache and kind of the facial hair kind of going in here a little bit. I think it's a look for me. I think you guys like it a little bit too. But you look at Skeens, he ranks number one. 
in all of baseball and uh, as far as prospects go as the number one right-handed pitching prospect followed by Jackson Joe, but the Detroit Tigers, Cade Horton of the Chicago Cubs, Andrew Painter of the Philadelphia Phillies and Jacob Mizorowski of the Milwaukee Brewers to round out the top five. So surrounded by some good company, some good company in the division, some good company in the national league. And we all know about Paul Skeets. He's likely going to be at minimum, a solid MLB pitcher based off of the things that we've been told and based really off of the things that we've seen so far from Paul Skeets. I mean, the guy, has the build of a strong pitcher. He has the velocity of a strong pitcher. He has the pitch mix of a phenomenal pitcher. And I do think there's one big question, though, that we have to talk about with Paul Skeens when we're evaluating his 2024 and seeing if he could potentially debut in 2024. Now, before I get into all this, I'm not going to break it down all that crazy. If you want to see a very good breakdown of Paul Skeens and why his fastball, even though it doesn't have the craziest movement in the world, is still a plus fastball, please go check out uh, Lindsey Crosby over at Locked on MLB Prospects. He did a phenomenal show on the Pittsburgh Pirates farm system yesterday and had a whole segment devoted to Paul Skeen. So please go check that out. I'll put it in the episode as well if I can find it or in the description of the show so that you guys can check that out. But the one big question that I think we're all going to have about Paul Skeen's entering 2024 is this will be his first full professional season. And at LSU, he was pitching about once a week on average at LSU last year, obviously pitching way more pitches in those games than you would probably see him pitch in a Major League Baseball game. So his adjustment to pitching every four to five days rather than once a week, I think, will have to be monitored. That's something that his fans, the front office, the coaching staff, everybody, and himself are going to have to evaluate and adjust to. And there is a world where we do see Paul Skeens wear black and gold in 2024. But again, he'll have to maintain a steady presence on the mound with that new schedule. And it's something that we've seen some of these top college pitchers really deal with. It's something that some of these college pitchers tend to kind of take a second to get adjusted to. And that's why when you're looking at the schedule for Paul Skeens and you're looking at the kind of player that he's going to be, yes, he could debut in 2024, no doubt. He is that good, I think. But at the latest, I think you're definitely looking at him being in the rotation very early, if not opening day in 2025, obviously depending on a lot of other factors like how Johan Oviedo returns from injury, how the Mitch Keller extension talks go, if Anthony Solomedo or Jared Jones or Mike Burrows or JT Brubaker are still involved. But Skeens is ranked highly for a reason. We know that he's ranked highly for a reason because of the tools that he possesses, the build that he has, and he's going to be a very good pitcher. He just is going to be. I don't really think you guys need me to tell you that, but it's just a matter of adjustment to a professional schedule on if we're going to see him this year. He's likely going to pitch over 100 innings. I would imagine that, and you want him to pitch over 100 innings. You want him to pitch every five days. You want him to stay healthy, and those are the things that you're going to be watching. Now, as for Anthony Solomedo, one of my favorite prospects in the system, he ranks fifth among all left-handed pitching prospects in Major League Baseball, ranking behind Kyle Harrison of the San Francisco Giants, Ricky Tiedemann of the Toronto Blue Jays, Robbie Snelling of the San Diego Padres, and Noah Schultz of the Chicago White Sox. That means he's ranking second in the National League among all left-handed starting pitchers. And again, he's one of my favorites in the system. He's become a favorite of many since his drafting in 2021. He has kind of a Madison Bumgarner delivery and a I would even argue like a Mackenzie Gore-like finish 
to how he pitches, and it's just very fascinating to watch him pitch. If you've never seen Anthony Salamedo pitch or haven't seen his highlights, please go do it. It's very fun to watch him pitch and watch him work. And the very big thing for him last year was that he topped 100-plus innings for the first time in 2023, obviously being drafted in 2021. He didn't get a full year. 2022, he was still kind of getting acclimated to everything. 2023, pitches 100-plus innings. He looked impressive in doing so. Flashes that fastball that I absolutely love because it has sinking up action. It literally goes like this. I love it. It's great. He also has that cutter-like slider that make, uh, misses bats just a ton. And the change-up spin that he has, folks, is very, very good. And you look at his command and control as well and how it um, improved from 2022 to 2023. Really, the evidence is all on his uh, K uh, to walk ratio, which went from a 2.68 strikeouts to walks in 2022 to a 3.02 strikeouts to walks in 2023. So you look at where Salamedo is, and he's 21 years of age. He's still very young. He might even grow a little bit more. He might build a little bit more. And if he gets stronger, his fastball only sits around 91 to 92 and tops out at 95. If he could get that fastball up to 93, 94 on a consistent basis while also keeping the spin on that changeup and that slider keeps missing bats, folks, the Pirates aren't going to have to go out and sign veteran lefties anymore if Anthony Solomedo continues on this pace. And just like Paul Skeens, there is a chance that we see Anthony Solomedo in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform this year. There's a very real shot if he does so, especially if he reaches 100-plus innings again, which I expect him to do if he stays healthy. And if he looks strong again, like he did last season, he's a guy to look, keep an eye on maybe even a guy that you might see before Paul's keys, but this is good for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Both of these guys ranking highly among MLB's best prospects at right-handed pitcher and left-handed pitcher. Obviously I expect that Termar Johnson will rank highly among second basemen, and you may see one or two other guys sprinkled in there as far as other things go. But now it's going to talk about some improvements. Who are the players that could see the most improvements? in 2024 and be potential breakout candidates. We're going to talk about that in just a moment, but before we do, we're going to talk about Ibotta. Folks, Ibotta is a phenomenal app. You need to start earning cash back because guess what? It's tax season. Some of you might be getting taxes back. Some of you might be having to pay taxes, but the new year for many people means resolutions to save money. So stop shopping without getting anything in return and start getting cash back on every purchase you make with Ibotta. After the holidays, we could all use a little extra cash in our pockets, especially after all the gift giving. We still need to buy the everyday things we need like groceries, food, all that other stuff. So make sure you're getting cash back on all of your everyday purchases with Ibotta. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. So you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $145 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, buy that flight you've been eyeing, or that game you've been dying to go to, 
or even the fancy dinner you've been craving with your wife or husband. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much, but with Ibotta, just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. And join the over 50 million savers and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just to try Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONMLB. When you register, just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONMLB. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical, because I know we come to sports to escape from some of the crazy realities of real life, but can we just talk for a minute about preparing for real life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than a significant other or one of my friends getting sick while a supply chain issue kept them from the life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we'll be okay because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, cystitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff can happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today, so go to jacemedical.com and use Use offer code locked on to get $20 off your Jace case and empower yourself today. And folks, also, if you love seeing this podcast and want to see more of it, make sure you head over to Locked On Sports today because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports today is here for you 24 7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel today. And Welcome back to Locked On Pirates, as you guys always enjoy coming to this show and watching it and commenting and all that. And I love you guys so much. I really, really do. And 2024 is going to be a great year. And there's a potential that three players that I'm about to mention. Yeah, I'm holding up six, but I'm doing three because I just love doing this. Have the potential of being breakout candidates in 2024. And I'm very excited to talk about these players and especially excited to talk about the first player. And that's Leover Piguero, because I genuinely believe there are signs that we can point at from last season that say these guys could potentially be breakout candidates in 2024, or at least improve on what they did in 2023. Because again, a lot of guys did underperform last year by MLB standards, but also you have to keep in mind a lot of these guys were either in their first or even second year of being at major league level and probably don't even have enough stats to even equate to a full MLB season yet. So we have to keep that in mind too. But Leover Piguero, you knew he was one of my favorite players and would be on this list. I talk about him all the time. I love Leover Piguero. I'm even thinking about getting a Piguero jersey, possibly. But he made his full-time debut in 2023, getting 213 at-bats in the process. In those at-bats, of course, he flashed some of that uh, what we expected from him. Good contact, limited the strikeouts pretty well. But he would also flash some plus power. You saw him flash that power a little bit, a part of his game that many were surprised with in 2023. He had a home run 
every 30 at-bats last season. So to use an example with that metric as a projection for 2024, as if he wins the second base job and gets plenty of playing time, Pagaro ranked 10th on the team last year in at-bats. So let's just go up five spots to Andrew McCutcheon, who ranked at number five, who had 390. A pretty good spot, I think, that Pagaro could end up being in that 300 to 350 range probably. But let's just say he gets 390 at-bats. If Pagaro got 390 at-bats and stayed on that same home run pace, he would hit 13 homers in 2024. Hot take, I think he's going to hit more than that. I genuinely do. Because you look at what Pagaro did last year, he had a 39.6, so basically a 40% hard hit percentage in 2023, while he also ranked in the 60th percentile in max exit velocity last year. You look at other numbers. Now, 2022 was tough because he wasn't there for that long, but his launch angle from the minors also improved. His launch angle was higher from 2022 to 2023, increasing from 3.5 to 4.1, a good sign of more homers to come if his power improves. And he's also a passable defender. He's not an elite defender. He might not even really be an average defender, but he's a guy that you can look at and say, hey, we could put this guy at second base and not really have to worry about much. He uh, he had a negative one ounce above average, but I do think that that'll improve with more playing time. Be poised for a big year from Leo Verpiguero if he gets the ample opportunities. I think he will. I think he wins the second base job out of spring. I think he's going to be a great running mate with O'Neill Cruz. I think he'll stick him in at the seven or eight spot in the order, and he'll genuinely be a powerful player to have in that seven or eight spot, and that's something that I think we can expect and come to expect from Leo Verpiguero, especially in 2024. This one may be a little interesting, but... Luis Ortiz is on this list for me. Now, go back and listen to myself and Gary Morgan on Tuesday discuss the spring training battles that we may see. We talked a little bit about uh, Luis Ortiz. He has a good shot of regaining a rotation spot in 2024, mainly because the velocity's there, mainly because he's gotten the opportunities, and if it doesn't work out, he does also have the option of being a bullpen arm, which if it does come to that, I think he could do. And it won't be all that hard for him to do with the right improvements and the right adjustments. For the year Ortiz had, Gary said this too, but I'll reiterate what he said. Ortiz still had a 4.78 ERA last year. Now, there was a lot of luck to go in with that, and there was a lot of other factors to go in with that. But a 4.78 ERA, now it's not good. Don't get me wrong. That's not what you want it to be at at all. But it's also a number that I don't think many would shy away from based off of what we've seen from young pitching in the past couple years. And I don't think people are going to look away from Ortiz as quickly as we'd expect. Now, his struggles are clear. If you watch Luis Ortiz pitch, you know exactly what his struggles are. He has to hit the zone more than he does it. He has to limit the walks, and he has to bring that strikeout number up. Ortiz had 59 strikeouts to 48 walks in 2023. Folks, that's just not a ratio that's suitable for an MLB starter. It's just not. And he's had plenty of bad advanced metrics. He has. You can go look at his StatCast page and all the things I'm about to talk about and see that he's had plenty of bad advanced metrics. but some offer optimism. Obviously, his average fastball velocity was still high despite the dip in it. He was at 98 or 99, suddenly went down to about 95.6. But he also ranked in the 79th percentile, folks, in ground ball rate and extension rate. So if he can induce ground balls more often than not, which I think he can do, 
That is a major thing for Ortiz. Now, his biggest worries obviously come in average exit velocity, chase rate, and walk rate, and strikeout rate. Because for him to be better, he's going to have to miss bats, and with his velocity, he can't. If he can start placing that fastball where he wants it, that's where you're going to start seeing things change for him. His slider and changeup were his best pitches by opposing batting average last year. Those are pitches that he's confident in. Those are pitches that he likes. He did very well with the slider, but as we're going to see with a player that I'm going to talk about later, he can't just rely on one pitch to do it all for him. So when you're looking at Ortiz, if he can miss bats, fill the zone and induce ground balls, which again, he already does well, and get used to seeing him do that, folks, he'll be in the back end of the rotation and not as a negative. He'll be a positive. You really just have to see the improvements with the strikeout total and not inducing as many walks, which are things that he can do. He is capable of doing it. We watched him do it in 2022. He just has to get back to that form. My final potential breakout candidate is Edward Olivares. Maybe one of my favorite moves of the offseason probably was the Pirates acquiring Olivares from the Royals. Didn't really give up anything to get him. And he's not a franchise-changing player. Well, let's just go ahead and say that now. But he does have the tools to be a breakout player in 2024. He played 107 games last year. He hit 12 homers while batting 263 with a 769 OPS. Numbers that for sure are going to induce a positive reaction. And one of the numbers that I was looking at when I was researching this this morning he also owns a 109 OPS plus over the last two years, which then I looked at the Pirates leaders in that metric last year, and he would have ranked fourth on the Pirates roster last season with that 109 OPS plus that he had. Now, his negatives are clear. He's a negative defensive player. We know that. He is not going to be ever really a great defensive player. If he can improve on that a little bit, it would be nice. But if you're going to have Oliveras in there, you're probably going to have somebody else that can also play the field more often than not. That's really going to be his biggest calling card is his bat. But you're looking at a guy that if he could feed into his high expected rates in batting average and slugging, which he ranked very high in last season, probably in the 70th percentile or higher, I didn't write it down, but I know it's up there. Folks, you're looking at a guy who could be a potentially 20-plus home run player. Now, you look at some of the projections from fan graphs and baseball reference, they have him around 13 to 15. But if you're also having a guy in the 8 or 9 hole and Edward Oliveira is batting there and he's hitting 13 to 15, maybe even 20 home runs, folks, that is a powerful thing to have for a team that wants to improve on their 76 wins from last year. Now, he'll obviously have the win time in a loaded outfield battle with folks like Palacios, Gorski, Smith and Jigba, Jiwan Bay, Palacios, etc. But with the right performance and improvements and showcase of that power that he possesses, especially in PNC Park, I think Oliveras could become a staple in the lineup more often than not. So those are my three that I think are going to be potential breakout candidates in 2023. Who are some potential letdown candidates, or 2024? Who are some potential letdown candidates in 2024? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the people at FanDuel. Folks, the NFL playoffs are in full swing. The divisional round is this weekend. And if you want to go try to make some money, go do it. Because the NFL playoffs are here. But there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 
in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That means you get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live save gay parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find those popular parlays that can make you a lot of money and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network. And folks, welcome to the third segment of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. Thank you for tuning into this third uh, third segment. As you do, loyal listeners, I appreciate you a lot. You guys always do great. You guys have done great in the offseason with view counts. You guys have done great commenting, liking, subscribing. Thank you. Now, before I talk about these three players that I have as potential letdown candidates in 2024, let me say this. Just because I'm saying they could be let down candidates does not mean they're going to be gone. That does not mean that I'm giving up on them. There's just signs that point to me that say they could be potential let down candidates. And the first one is Nick Gonzalez. Now, Nick Gonzalez, friend of the show, has been on the show before, but I still have to be fair in evaluating him. And so far, folks, it's not that great. He was a former first round pick, the first first round pick of the Ben Sherrington era out of New Mexico State, and was praised for his hit tool coming out of college, but we just haven't seen it come to fruition yet. Now, obviously, very small sample uh, size of the big leagues, better numbers in the minor leagues. In 115 at-bats, Gonzo batted 209 with a measly 616 OPS, but we all know his biggest worry. And that's the strikeout numbers. He had 36 strikeouts last season in those 115 at-bats, which equates to a strikeout every three at-bats, which if you do the math, you're going to get a minimum of three at-bats a game if you play the full game. It's just not good because that means he's striking out every single game on average. That just can't happen. And you're also looking at a guy who, although due to his stature, was praised for having plus power. But he only hit two home runs last year with an average exit velo of 85.5. Those have to improve if he wants to be on this roster. Now, he also hasn't elicited walks very well either. So, yeah, there's a lot of signs that say, and eh, just give up on him. But me saying he's a potential letdown candidate is not giving up on him by no means. I say that again. But time is ticking for him. You look at Pagaro. You look at Jared Triolo. You look at Jiwon Bay. They're all fighting for second base now. If Odile Cruz stays healthy and can play defense at shortstop, that spot is taken. And that is all before Termar Johnson comes down the pipe. So he's done much better in the minors, for sure. We know that. But that's not what I want. It's not what he wants. And that's not what you guys want. You want him to be a good player at the major league level and contribute to this team. But if he has to bring the strikeout number down, he has to show some power at the big leagues if he wants to stick around and he just has to do those things or else he could be swept under the rug sooner rather than later. Now, Jose Hernandez is my next one. Jose Hernandez is an interesting one because he was a Rule 5 selection who we've seen flash some good and some bad thus far in his time in Pittsburgh. Last year, 50 and two-thirds innings pitch, kind of got thrust into that role with the injury to Harleen Garcia, who never pitched with the team due to injury. And he had a 4.97 ERA, 
1.36 whip last season, but he definitely struggled with walk rate and chase rate numbers that would need to go up and go help his ERA. He was, however, good at striking out batters, having a 27.8 strikeout percentage last season. But my biggest concern for Hernandez after researching it is if his fastball can be a plus pitch, and so far it hasn't. He allowed a 322 average last season with his fastball, eliciting only a 13.7 whiff percentage. And he struggled with his changeup as well, although he's more of a slider fastball combo pitcher. And now his slider is a plus pitch and missed bats 40% of the time and had a 170 opposing batting average. But for me to be confident in Hernandez, I can't have him rely on one pitch out of the pen. Now, obviously, bullpen arms like Bednar and some of those guys can do that because they're just that good. Hernandez, I just don't think, is just that good yet to only rely on one pitch. Now, you look at Ryan Baraki last year, who also emerged as a strong left-handed option, and it gets harder for Hernandez because of how successful Baraki was. And if Baraki outperforms him again as a top left-handed pitching option in the pen, that's going to limit his playing time. That's going to limit his innings, thus limiting his opportunities for improvement. Now, he is 26 years of age. He's going to have time to figure this out. The Pirates invested a Rule 5 selection in him, so obviously he's going to have time to figure it out. But if he can make that fastball a plus pitch, he could be a phenomenal option in the pen for them. But he hasn't shown me that just yet, that he can do so. And opposing pitchers, I think, will eventually stop chasing the slider and put the bat on it. And if that happens... Then, then it's kind of hard to even justify allowing Hernandez to go in the game at all. And my final player is a player I've talked about a lot on the show lately, and it's Jiwon Bay. Of course, I wrote a great article on Bay over at Steel City Pirates and talked about him last week as a potential roster casualty. He is intriguing, seeing as he has the potential to bounce between the middle infield and the corner outfield spots. But the biggest concern is the defense and if the bat can really be a plus for him. I don't really know if it can be. And outside of being a plus base runner, which we all know, nothing else really flashes off the page for him. He's not a plus defender, and he ranked in the 25th percentile or lower in seven different major stat cast hitting metrics last year. You don't want to hear that. And his defense is also a question mark, as I mentioned, a question mark that we may never see a overly positive answer for. But if he can become an average defender, he'll find a place. But my biggest concern now is with Connor Joe and Jared Triolo likely to be the main utility players on this roster and with Pagaro, Gonzalez, Triolo again, and that outfield uh, being loaded, as I mentioned earlier, with Oliveras, where does he stick and where do those opportunities he received in 2024 when he ranked sixth in at-bats on the team come from? And I don't know about you guys, but I don't know if I can confidently put Bay above any of those players, especially with the upside they possess. And Bay possesses upside as well, especially if he can get the hit tool to work a little bit better. But only so many players can be in the batting order or on the field. And if his average improves and he can bring the exit velocity even up to a below average mark, he has a good shot. But the question again is, will he get the opportunity to do so? And if he does, then it's going to all be based on how he does in the field. If he doesn't, we'll see. Folks, those are the talking points today. Paul Skeens and Anthony Solometo rank highly as Pirates prospects around Major League Baseball. Leover Piguero. Luis Ortiz and Edward Olivares are some early potential breakout candidates. Nick Gonzalez, Jiwan Bay, and Jose Hernandez are early potential letdown candidates. 
But obviously those things could change with what the Pirates do moving forward, and we'll obviously be here to cover it. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful show here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Make sure you follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. Find this podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast because it's free. Check out Locked On Sports Today, the 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And folks, I'll see you tomorrow, but until then, have a wonderful Thursday. And I'll see you on the flip side.